So Twitch just made a huge change to the platform that is directly going to impact the amount of money that you make from your subscribers. Yes, it's true, they have changed local sub pricing globally, so this could drastically impact the amount of subscribers that you're getting and also the amount of money that your, your subscribers are having to pay for that sub. So in today's episode, we're going to break it down with our friend Power Up Attorney, who is an attorney and Violent Blue Mech, who is a coach inside of Stream Coach Academy. Support for the Stream Coach podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. They have an exclusive offer for listeners of the Stream Coach podcast. You get 20% off plus free shipping with the code STREAMCOACH at manscaped.com. Just make sure you don't use the same trimmer on your face. That's pretty gross. <laughs> so get 20% off and free shipping with the code STREAMCOACH at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code STREAMCOACH. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. What's up, friends? Welcome back to the Stream Coach Podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about the current changes to sub prices, which is pretty freaking crazy. This is kind of a huge deal. It seems super easy and nice on the surface, but is it really? We're going to talk about all of that here in just a second. Before we do, jump, going to jump into just a little bit of housekeeping. We did just start a new class for Stream Coach Academy, which is super, super exciting. If you're a student listening to the episode, I just want to say thanks so much for letting me and the team be part of your streaming journey. I'm so excited to work with y'all. This has been already such a great class. And I'm really excited to see what we all get to do together over the next seven weeks. If you're not a current or past student of Stream Coach Academy, you can still apply for the program. We're not currently accepting applications, but if you would like to be one of the first to hear back whenever we do um, begin to accept new students, you can apply over at streamcoachacademy.com. All right, let's jump into the episode with Violent Blue Mech and Power Up Attorney. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Stream Coach Podcast. Today, I have with me two of the most amazing people in my world. So, you know what? There it is. You can't really get a higher accolade than that, I guess. I'm going to so, use that as my YouTube video introductions right there. Yeah, please do. Please do. <laughs> Power Up, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, I'm Power Up Attorney. Um, my full name is Kyle Goff. I'm pra- licensed to practice in the state of Indiana. And um, my day job is a startup and small business lawyer. And I really see a lot of uh, um, similarities between the startup industry and this particular industry, the, the content creator industry. So um, I'm here to help explain what happened with this new uh, this new local subscription pricing that came out from Twitch. Um, and Ashley, are we redoing our disclaimers? Yes, please. Cool. Okay. So, um, yes, where would those, where that text go? There it is. So unfortunately I do have to make a disclaimer. We do live in the land of disclaimers. So, um, power of attorney is licensed and owned, uh, by power of attorney, LLC licensed to me and my law firm, Kyle Goff law, LLC. And like I said, I'm licensed to practice in the state of Indiana. This might be considered legal advertising, but it is not specific legal advice. Listening to the show does not create an attorney-client relationship. The general information provided during this live stream is not substitute for legal counsel. And for more specific questions or business inquiries, please contact Kyle Goff Law. You can contact me at contact at Power of Attorney. You can hit me up on Discord, and you can find me at the socials we posted earlier as well. Uh, so yeah, that's me. And I'm really excited to be on Ashney's channel today to talk to you, everybody about the local subscription pricing. Yeah. Really excited to have you. We had you on for the, um, deep dive into the Twitch affiliate contract episode that we just did, which is super valuable. 
Um, I've been talking about that a lot on <laughs> on TikTok, actually. So really glad to have you back, Kyle. Thanks for having me, and um, I'm really looking forward to it. Thank you. Yeah. Blue, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Violet Blue Mech, and I work with Ashney as a coach in the Stream Coach Academy. Uh, my, I also, uh, my, my stream is on MechWarrior and Battletech, which I absolutely love. And uh, I've been streaming for a few years now. My background is in finance. I've been a financial planner for over two decades. And uh, just as a disclaimer, the information that any information that I give in this stream, if it looks like uh, it is financially related, that is for entertainment or education purposes only, as it is general information, and we do not hold a client financial advisor relationship. Um, so if you do need help or advice, please seek a financial professional. We're so official. <laughs> Lou's disclaimer is better than mine. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not working with a dealer right now. I, I don't have to run through the whole thing. I'm I'm private now. <laughs> True. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> I love how like we sound super serious. So let's uh let's jump into <laughs> our topic for the day, which is this announcement that Twitch made yesterday about changes to subs. So they released this blog post. Um, and there were some terms changes as well that's called um, building global communities with local subscription pricing. So essentially what they're trying to do, you know what, actually, Power Up, do you mind kind of giving us a, a general overview of what Twitch is trying to accomplish with this change? Absolutely, Ashley, I'd be happy to. So this news came out yesterday morning, at least my time, which would be Eastern Standard Time. And um, they really have uh, a couple of different things they're trying to do, but there's this big blog post, and it's several pages long here, that uh, really talks about it. Ashney's got it up on her screen. For those of you who are tuning into the live stream, you can see it. Um, but uh, and if you're you're listening to the podcast, and you can you can go on to Twitch's website, and you can pretty quickly find it on their blog page. It should be their top post. But it essentially is talking about how some viewers and consumers in different parts of the world are paying higher amounts per sub or subscription that they have to specific streamers. And that they have heard that uh, from, quote, from fans everywhere, which I think is interesting, that this, um, this inequality in pricing is affecting their ability to sub in some places of the world. And so they wrote this big blog post that's talking about how they're going to introduce a new plan that will reduce the cost of subscribing in certain countries. They made a big list of countries that are going to uh, be part of it, and it's quite a list. They broke it down by continent, and Africa alone has a bunch of different ones, and you just go through the entire thing. It's a huge list. The United States happens to not be on that list, just uh, FYI, and Canada is not either, which I find interesting. Um, but uh, And you can actually get to that from the uh, Building Global Communities uh, with Local Subscription Pricing, the, the screen that uh, Ashney had. It's one of the click-throughs where you can see the list of different countries that are affected. There, What's interesting is that it's not going to be a, a total rollout of all of these countries. They're actually starting with only two. The first one is going to be Turkey. The second one is going to be Mexico. And I saw somewhere what the actual prices were going to be. I, I can't find it now in front of me, but it's it's significantly less than what it was before in, in order to subscribe to any particular creator. And that does seem to, on its face, solve a particular problem. And the problem being that some people are charged more to subscribe to a particular creator than somebody in a different part of the world would would uh, would have to pay. It's worth noting that that isn't necessarily always just Twitch itself. There may be other reasons why something might be more expensive, like taxes or conversion rates or something like that. So um, it may still be possible that you could see an adjustment in one of these countries, but that subscription might still cost more than $5 USD. So... Um, to to the end consumer, that is not necessarily to how much Twitch is bringing back, but to the end consumer, it could still be more. So they have those two pages, and then of course they thought of this this particular problem that this might create, 
And the, the problem that they were thinking about was, well, if, if we're going to charge less, then it seems like that's going to, on its face, start to create a potential for less income, particularly not only for Twitch, but for creators themselves. And they addressed that in that initial blog post under supporting creators through the changes section. I don't know if Ashney can pull that up while we're talking about this or not, but um, it actually says that they tested this and that across the board, the test clearly showed making subs more affordable for more viewers boosts creator revenue. But the fact remains that these were tests, and we, when they were making these changes, they do not want to leave any stone unturned. And so what they actually did was they created this, in, they're calling it an incentive program, and the details of this thing are pretty complicated, but essentially what it does is it um, if you qualify as a creator under these specific terms, then Twitch will... Um, make sure that any loss of revenue that you generate would uh, would be replaced. So Twitch would cover that loss for a certain period of time, and it slowly graduates out. So it's like three months, six months, nine months, and at the end of that first year, uh, then it would it would completely be phased out. So um, they've clearly thought of that that potential problem that some creators might see a re- a revenue drop, and they've addressed it with this solution. Super interesting. So we're going to get into all of that for sure, because this, I mean, this affects creators, this affects payouts, this affects our communities, whether or not we're we're going to be able to grow our subs, whether or not, um, you know, major like sub trains can even exist anymore or sub goals or anything. Uh, before we jump too far in though, Blue, I'm really curious, just your kind of initial first feeling and reactions towards this so there are a couple of things here um the first thing i just wanted to say that power of attorney is right there are going to be some countries that end up paying more canada is actually an example of that so my current subscription to ashney costs me seven dollars and 48 cents canadian now that's including tax so if you take the tax away and just equate it dollar for dollar 499 us is actually six dollars canadian but the rate that I pay at is $7 to start, and then the $0.48 cents on that is tax. And I don't have an issue with tax, so I'm not going to go into that. It's just the way it, taxes are taxes. But the two most important things about this are that there are, going to be, there are going to be winners and losers. And we don't know who those people are going to be yet. Um, and I know that t- the wording in this is extremely optimistic, but the bottom line is this. Number one, if you... Um, are concerned about your fellow human beings, whatever country they are in, then we should all be thinking about um, how difficult it is for them to get the same services we do. It, for example, subscribing, getting, uh, having, you know, being able to support our favorite creators, being able to get emotes and all of the things we get with a sub. And for some people, that has been out of their reach. So for a consumer who hasn't had that 499 US in Turkey, in Mexico, in many of these countries, I am cheering for them because I want them to have all those benefits in a way that is cost like that that they can actually afford. So that's fantastic. In terms of the creators, that's where we're going to see the winners and losers. That's where we're going to see some people who get that buffer and it helps them out for that time period. Um, but we're going to see losers because people don't, uh, they basically aren't um, streaming enough or, or satisfying the requirements of this, or they're, um, there's a change in their subs that disadvantages them slightly. So I, the only way to sort that out as a financial planner, I want to see the numbers. I want to see the charts. I want to see where everything goes because I don't believe somebody who just says, well, hey, it's all going to work out fine. So that's my take on that. Yeah, 100%. That's awesome. So maybe we should start with just the the good parts about this change and then we'll get into um, the things that aren't so great and options that Twitch has to make this a little bit more effective based on our research. Um, power up. Would you like to start with what's great about this? Right off the bat, I absolutely agree with with Blue here. I think the winners of this program are those in uh, in underprivileged situations in countries all across the world that are just it's out of reach for them to even 
contribute five dollars a month to to their favorite creators. So um, this does make sense from from their perspective. It's definitely a problem. Twitch identified that problem correctly. Um, and I know that uh, for those of you who do follow me on Twitter, um, I was pretty critical of the rollout of this program. That isn't so much me saying I don't agree with the, the problem. I identify the problem. I don't think the rollout, uh, the solution to that problem, at least that they've done here, um, is is necessarily favorable for creators. Uh, and I think Blue is right. There will be some creators that come out ahead and some that don't. And and the other thing that I want to point out is is they say that they're very confident and they ran these tests, but they don't show us the results of those tests. They tell us what they are. They say that uh, they clearly showed a, that it boosts creator revenue overall, but it doesn't really tell us by how much or whether some people won and lost during their tests. It, there's just no data there, so there's not a tremendous amount of transparency. And the the fact also that there is this this third page, this local subscription pricing page, that's almost like an FAQ, and um, it the vast majority of that of that particular post is talking about this creator revenue adjustment incentive, and uh, it seems like if I mean I understand this is like a backup plan for Twitch, this sort of creator revenue adjustment incentive that they're going to provide revenue when you provide when you hit these certain eligibility requirements, but it seems like they spent an awful lot of time developing this backup plan and spent an awful lot of time explaining it. And actually, I saw somebody on Twitter that released a calculator. <laughs> you, you need a, an Excel calculator to figure out what your pay is. Um, and that's that's the sort of thing that um, it, 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 it has me a little bit concerned because if this was so good for everybody, then we wouldn't need a backup plan and clearly they're concerned about something. And I think that concern is exactly what blue said that some are going to come out ahead and some aren't. So um, in terms of the good, uh, I think they have good intentions on two fronts. The first one is helping out those, uh, those in, in countries around the world that uh, maybe $5 a month is out of reach for and also, they're aware that this is going to affect some certain revenue uh, for some certain streamers. And the fact that they are addressing that, I think, is good. So um, the fact that they, if you start digging into the specific details of this, and I don't know, I don't know how, how far Ashley wants me to go with that, um, or if that's a different part of this, of this particular episode. Go um, for it. Go as deep as you want. Sure. So... When you start digging in, there are several different uh, ways and, and uh, qualifications to remain eligible for this thing. So my understanding of what they're doing here is they're going to say, we're going to replace revenue for you if you have a shortfall in revenue based off of uh, a baseline. So you have to set up a, a baseline of what your averages are. And to do that, they're going to take your previous three months, average them, and then you have to um, hit at least 80 in, in any single month, you have to stream at least 85% of those of your hours that you would normally stream um, in average of those previous three months. And then you also have to have a shortfall. So you can't actually create more revenue during that period of time. And at least 20% of your baseline revenue has to come from countries that are um, that are outside of this uh, outside of or I'm sorry part of this program. So they they've got a lot of qualifications here, and that's what I was talking about earlier. Where they're like, okay, well, you all, I saw a calculator that was super helpful in explaining all of this because it is it's difficult to understand exactly how this was, and in some of the first. Um, reactions that I saw on Twitter to this were like, hey, we actually need somebody who is educated to tell us what this means because it's complicated. And um, and even from a lawyer's perspective, I'm not that great with Excel, so there's no way I could create something like that. But super useful to see that. And in terms of winning uh, and the good things of, of this particular um, proposal that they've put in place, it does help them you, if you do qualify, um, and 
it has this graduated program where they'll pers- they'll replace in months one through three a hundred percent of that baseline, four through six seventy five percent of that baseline, seven through nine fifty percent of that baseline, and ten through twelve would be twenty five percent of the baseline. So then after that twelve months, then you're graduated off. So they're aware they're sort of easing. If you qualify for this, they're easing you into any sort of revenue loss. And the idea is that if your channel is growing, then you probably won't be experiencing these short of these sort of revenue shortfalls anyway. So this would be more for programs that are relatively steady, especially because I see nothing in here that uh, says that baseline would be adjusted. It's only talking about those previous three months, which I think baseline does need to be adjusted. But hey, some comments about that. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I will pass the mic here. Yeah, go for it, Blue. So there are two things in financial planning that apply here. The first one is the is complexity. So one of the things that um, one of the things that we look for in as financial planners is <clears throat> how understandable is this. So if somebody approaches me with a new uh, investment, I want to be able to understand it because the more complex it is, the easier it is to hide things. And the assumption you make as a professional is that something could go wrong. We are not here, like attorneys are not there, financial planners are not just there to set things out and here you go. We are, the most important part that we play is the downside, like losing money. That's what we're here. That's our first job as a financial planner. A lot of people think it's to help you get a great rate of return. No, number one rule of thumb is make sure your client's loss of any funds is minimal even though we know things fluctuate. So complexity um, creates opportunities for people to take advantage of you. And the thing is too, that this makes it seem so easy, but as Parov is saying, this is not that easy. In fact, if I look at a financial plan, I can go online and I can show you a bunch of calculators where you enter in how much you make and when you wanna retire and interest and inflation. And it's gonna give you a calculation of how much you need to save now in order to get to retirement. But there is a reason why there are there is software, not just a calculator, not just a financial calculator, but multiple forms of software of anywhere from basic to very advanced software to create a financial plan. So if we look at this in a super linear way, um, and there are a lot of a lot of creators out there like this. Some people like me in the MechWarrior community were very tight, but it's not a huge community. So there are some people, I'll give you just a number. Say there's a streamer who is earning $1,000 every month in subs. They've got a really strong community, but it's pretty much the same. It's been stable for a year. They get $1,000 every month, but most of their people are in a country that uh, gets a reduction. So now instead of $1,000, let's say the reduction is 50% of $499 US. So now instead of 1,000, they get 500. Now their three month average is 1,000, so for over the year, they're going to get like, they're going to have that buffer, but every quarter it's going to drop because you have the same people subscribing, you have them subscribing at an affordable level. And, you know, and we and again, this is a very simplified example, but if you are a stable streamer with a stable audience that hasn't changed a lot and is, or isn't going to change during the year, then you're going to experience a, a drop over time because you may still have 100 subscribers, but you're getting half as much money. Now, if you're growing, like Power Up Attorney says, then it gets much more complicated. How many people are in which countries, which ones had a drop, which of your subscribers decided to increase the amount they'll pay. And so that's the problem here is that I think a lot of, um, a lot of we, can, we can create spreadsheets for this um, and look at it, but it's going to be different for every streamer. Yeah, 100%. Power up, was there any um, additional like good points that you wanted to point out about this change? Uh, just real briefly, I, I 100% concur with Lou on her analysis. I think it's exactly right. Um, the, the, in terms of growth, I think that uh, um, Twitch needs to consider, and this really isn't part of the good section, so maybe I should move it, but um, <laughs> I think Twitch needs to consider that channels do grow that um that's that's sort of part of the idea of making a community on twitch is hey let's get more subscribers let's make ourselves more sustainable and that's why i think the baseline adjustments need to be changed um which we'll get to 
but um, just generally speaking, I just I really like the the, the intent here. I think it is um, generally good, but the rollout I have questions about, and I think that might be a nice little segue into the next part of this. Yeah, absolutely. A comment before. <clears throat> Sorry, um, I'm just seeing um, Love Kit talking, saying, "Oh, I'm so screwed." You're here because you don't want to be screwed. Don't let systems screw you. Don't let the system take you down. You're here to learn so that you can adjust your strategy. You know, I've looked at a lot of business plans and I've helped a lot of new entrepreneurs during my career and because I know how hard it is. And here's the thing. Things are going to change. We know that. This is why we talk about streaming on YouTube versus Twitch. This is why we talk about copyright-free music. Um, and this is what this channel is here for, is to get you up to date so you can make a plan. If you have a majority of, of subscribers who are in other countries and you're sub the dollar amount is going to drop you go in there you cheer for people you say i'm so glad it's it's so much more affordable because that is that is the ethical way that we see money we want everybody to have that value and now they get it and then encourage them to bring their friends in hey you're only paying 250 or 188 or whatever it's not that five dollars us this is affordable now instead of one streamer at half price i'm going to get i'm going to one streamer at full price or one streamer at half i'm going to get three streamers in there at half price so people will cross that bridge if you learn how to market to them and that's what you want to do part of the thing that's scary about this too um is that we as creators we really don't know where our money is coming from we know that people sub but we don't know where they're from so we don't know what percentage of uh, of our community is going to be affected by this what percentage of our subs are going to be um instead of five dollars they're going to be three dollars and that part is 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 a little bit worrisome but um one of the things that i would point out is that um it, whatever that percentage is at least at the beginning there will be hardly any effect at all um i can't imagine there will be a tremendous amount of of um of of qualified streamers who are going to be paying or other qualified viewers who are going to be paying less um i think uh like twitch is trying to point out here maybe not particularly convincingly that you should see more people coming in because the price is lower in those areas so um there's reason to be optimistic in this plan um, but and there's also reasons to to ask for change, right? Yeah, this does seem like they're doing something that is going to be beneficial for our subscribers, our communities. I mean, there's no reason that somebody that's in Canada should be having to pay way more than someone else. And you think like a dollar or a dollar fifty isn't really a big deal, but those prices really do add up, especially considering the average viewer on Twitch. I mean, they're not just subscribing to one person. They likely have their own little army of, of TV show creators that they're supporting. And sometimes they're gifting subs too um so yeah this is a great opportunity for gift subs yeah. right because because yes there are different feelings that that people get when they subscribe versus gifts send a gift sub to people and for those people who've always wanted that feeling but it's just been out like i want to give five gift subs that's 25 dollars us then they've just said oh i just can't do that but if they can mm -hmm. give ten dollars and that's affordable to like if that's the equivalent of ten dollars that's affordable to them for those five subscriptions that's something that they might go for now and again it's they're going to be some people yes and some people no so we'll just have to see but you can take action don't be passive in your business be active in your business and figuring out ways to do great things for your audience to give them those great feelings and be happy for them that they have something affordable Yes. Just real quick, I saw another uh, question that um, has come up several times in chat and all over Twitter, so I want to address this real quick. Uh, FGN Reapers asks, so does that mean that we could actually just use a VPN and get a cheaper price? The answer to that is no. Thankfully, Twitch thought of this, um, which tells me a couple of different things in, in my own analysis. One, 
that they actually were thinking through and saying, okay, what are the problems that this might create and how do we address those? And uh, VPN was one that came up a lot. And uh, so they are basing this off of the billing address along with the uh, actual um, payment verification. And my understanding is that could be also tied in to, uh, to where they're located as well. So it's not just about what the IP address is, where the IP address is from. It is also based off of the user's information themselves. So a VPN will not be able to, uh, you won't be able to get around this and pay less for Ashney subs by using a VPN. Oh, dang it. Love so another close. question. <laughs> uh, Levkit was saying, you know, um, does this mean that everybody's getting more of an equivalency? No, it's going to be all over the place. But one of the things I want to point out is that um, minimum federal minimum wage down in the United States, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm just using my friend Google, seven twenty-five per hour. Correct. The minimum wage in Canada, it varies from province to province, but where I live in British Columbia, and it's not too dissimilar in other places, it's $15.20 an hour. That's our minimum wage. So, okay, fine. We are, um, in Canada, we're paying $6 instead of $5, like, the, like it converts over to $6 US that we actually pay. But the bottom line is that, you know, we're not on the list because our minimum wage is higher right? It's actually not that much different. So I know it's higher in some places, but perhaps, you know, perhaps there is some logic. And again, there, because it's all, because of the different countries and different rates of inflation and different economies and different minimum wages and job opportunities, this is going to be really, there is no right answer. So if you're like, ah, oh, Twitch got it wrong. Well, of course they did. And if you say, ah, oh, Twitch got it right. Yeah, of course they did. Because it's, there's no there's no one answer. Mm, okay, so the the goal of this then isn't to standardize prices for subscriptions across no. the globe. No, it's to make it affordable. Okay, Correct. it's just to like lessen the astronomical prices that some locations had. Interesting. Yeah, so like in Mexico, a tier one sub is going to be forty eight pesos. And I'm fairly confident that that is not $5 USD. Yeah, what is, if we do that, let's do just real quick, 48 $2.42. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay, so they're actually adjusting this based on the, like, economies of it's, these countries. Yes, it's based off of cost of living. And I'm not entirely sure what metrics they're using to identify that. I, I would love to dig into this, but uh, Twitch is smart, okay? this They didn't go into this with blindly saying, hey, we want to do this thing. Like, they've done their homework on this. They've identified the problem, and they've come up with a solution. And Blue's right. They're, it's easy to say that they're right. It's easy to say that they're wrong because this is a multifaceted problem that exists everywhere. A cheeseburger is going to cost different, uh, something different in... I don't know, Zimbabwe than it does here. So um, it, it's it's the analysis is, hey, we want to make this affordable, not necessarily we want everybody to pay the same outcome. So like, th and that's exactly right. So so that's why Mexico is going to be paying uh, $2.42 per sub instead of $5 USD per sub. Okay. Problem so with then... large changes. Sorry, can go... I... I'll... Yeah, go ahead, Blue. <laughs> The problem, the problem with general systems and a massive system change like this is that you typically will look for a rule of thumb. And as I sometimes say to people, look, we, we look at the rule of thumb of X percentage of your budget should go to housing. But the problem here is that you're not a thumb. Okay. So rules of thumbs are there for guidelines, but they apply, they, they apply unevenly. They're just an average. And averages don't, you know, they basically just take everybody and lump them in together, the highs and lows and the whatnot. So it may be good to look at inflation or cost of living or basket of goods, but it actually, even for people within the same country or geographic geographic region, it's different. If I have, I have relatives back east, they bought a house that's twice the size of ours, massive yard, and it costs one quarter of the price of our house because I live in Vancouver, British Columbia. So things are not equal, and it's very difficult to apply these systems. Then, so my question for this is, since 
Mexico is essentially $2.50. So people in Mexico have to pay half of what they pay in the U.S. Now, all of a sudden, this problem of streamers and their money makes a lot more sense. Because now that 50-50 subsplit that everybody was getting is off of $2.50, not off of, you know, the, the full, I guess, 100 pesos. Correct. Interesting. So now that my brain is finally understanding this, um, maybe we should get into the bad and talk about how these rollouts and uh, how these rollouts affect this and what the um, prices how these price changes will affect creators' income. Crickets. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, who wants I, to start? I talk first. Yeah, so in terms of income, for, in terms of income, so I'm a creator and I'm a subscriber. I think most creators are also subscribers. So I'm in Canada, and one of the things that I benefit from is that I receive my Twitch paycheck in U.S. dollars. So when that comes in, I get a juicy, juicy bump um, because it goes, it, 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 the conversion is, is in my favor, but that conversion changes. So we're going to have, there are going to be issues with, if you are operating outside of the U.S., you're already familiar with, and, and I'm actually not sure if this is from country to country, if you, if you get paid in U.S. dollars or where they adjust it in the world. But the bottom line is that most of us are already uh, familiar with conversion rates right? Like we see our check come in and it converts, or if you're in the US, perhaps some other places it doesn't. So so that's something that's going to be normal. The question is going to be, um, where do people sit? Um, where do people sit over the next 12 months on a quarterly basis as that sort of like little bit of insurance, that buffer zone that Twitch is creating through this fund, what's going to happen? And that's going to relate to where is your audience? Okay, so if your audience for Twitch is a very has a lot of it's very North American centric, right, in terms of numbers of people, right. So a lot of streamers, even I have friends who are streaming over in Europe and down in Australia, all different places. And a lot of them look, oh, wow, like I'm, I'm streaming in the middle of the night, but North America is still a strong part of my audience. So it is going to depend on where your audience is located, that is how much it's going to be a hit. Now, if you're in Turkey, there's a pretty good chance that a lot of your audience is in Turkey. If you speak a specific language, a regionalized language, there's a pretty good chance that your audience is going to be in that area. If your niche is a particular um, area or audience that lives in a particular area, a particular culture, you're going to be affected. So that's something you should be looking at. And you can look at the percentage of your audience in your Twitch statistics to see where people are viewing you from. I do not know if you can look at where people are from when they subscribe to you though, but you can use that as an indicator. Good point. Interesting. Okay. So that program is essentially a buffer while we're kind of waiting for this entire situation to pan out. And hopefully the people that are seeing major decreases in their um, subscriber cost, more people will be able to subscribe because of these changes. Which is kind of banking on the fact that more people are going to sub. Which people I guess if they've, they... if they've done a lot of research, they probably see that people are. <laughs> Well, the platform is growing, but on an individual basis, um, as we talk to creators, you know, on a, our friends, the people that come through the school, uh, people in the community, we listen to social, um, some people are sitting there at a stable number. The, one of the more common things that we hear is, oh, you know, I've just been sitting at the same number of um, average viewers forever. Now, if you're sitting at the same number of average viewers for, for an extended period of time, chances are your subscriptions are also sitting at the same level. And again, if geographically, you know, those people are out are in countries that are going to be paying you less, then you should expect that in order to grow, you're going to have to encourage more people to subscribe. So that audience that you had, you've either got to give them an incentive to upgrade to a higher level of more expensive tier, or um, you're going to have to get more people in. So and that's not that isn't easy. That comes back to the core the core question, how do I grow on Twitch? Right. Right? Yeah, 100%. 
Um, okay, so let's jump into the bad then. Um, power up. You'll lead us yeah. into the into the promised land. <laughs> yes. Hi. So um, there's a whole lot to unpack in the bad. I'm not a big fan. I'm just going to make that disclosure right now. I'm not a big fan of the rollout of this. I like the premise. I like what they're trying to do. I don't think this policy does a very good job protecting um, protecting creators. Um, not that I think that this will, I, I think that it's going to create a few gaps and I think there will be a, a few people that do not come out on top on this, uh, as opposed to, I think generally speaking, it will be a good thing for the vast majority of creators, but it leaves out people that I think it shouldn't necessarily have to lead out, uh, leave out. And, um, I'm, I'll just give you a couple of examples. So one of the qualifications that, that they do is, is I talked about this before, they've got this baseline that they're establishing. They're saying, okay, we're going to look at your previous three months. We're going to figure out how many hours you streamed in those previous three months, and they're going to take an average of that. And if you, you have to hit 85% of that average in order to qualify for this revenue adjustment. Um, and, and I have some questions about that. Like, what if somebody hits 84%? Is it necessarily just that the person streamed 84% of their hours, maybe even had more subs come through, more revenue generated, uh, but didn't qualify because they only streamed 84% instead of 85%? And I get it. Like, we have to have cutoffs somewhere. But it seems like a sliding scale would have been a better... Um, a better way to to set this up. And the same thing happens where this 20% of the revenue has to come from affected countries. Well, what if 19% comes from affected countries? Same problem, same solution. I, I still I see a sliding scale uh, working out a lot better there. Now, with that being said, that makes things even more complicated. And in my eyes, this is already a complex maneuver. I think that's probably the strongest uh, objection to what I'm bringing up is, hey, this is already difficult to figure out and understand, and we're only talking about a small minority of uh, of streamers here, of creators here, that will be affected. Um, but I, I I do have those hesitations in terms of of revenue and 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 the other major problem that I see is baseline doesn't account for people who have taken breaks. And I tweeted about this yesterday. I think this is, in my eyes, the biggest problem that I see. Baseline is only looking at your previous three months worth of revenue. So if somebody like Ashney were to take a full uh, a full year break, if she were to come back now instead of six months ago, I, I have questions about whether she'd try it at all because her revenue would, would it, it, she just wouldn't qualify. She wouldn't qualify for any sort of, of uh, of these revenue incentive ideas and, and, and proposals that they've put in place, you wouldn't be eligible for it. Um, and I, I think it punishes those who, who take breaks. And I think we need to encourage a community that normalizes taking breaks. And that's why I am in favor of a baseline adjuster that takes into account um, a longer period of time or perhaps even calculates it based off of the streamer's three best months instead of the previous three months. Yeah, or maybe like best three months in the last year or something. Right. Something yeah, that's like, a little more... Go ahead. Again, it, well, the problem, again, like these are these are all the math problems that we come up with. Um, I was learning, uh, I was learning, when I first learned how to do financial plans, I talked to one of the advisors and I came to him and I said, you know, this family situation looks pretty good. I, I think that, you know, they're actually on track. You can probably keep them, you know, you know, maybe tweak a few things. And he said, oh, no, 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 no. He said, you have to show them a strong before and after. And I'm like, oh, what do you mean? And he said, well, numbers can be numbers can be jigged whatever way you want them to be. They can be changed. They can be altered. So I want you to enter the numbers, like increase the inflation, decrease the interest rate that they're currently get, but then um, decrease inflation and increase the interest rate on the, on the, uh, the new plan to make it look better. So the, the reason I say that is because you can, 
whatever way we look at the numbers, whether it's a 12 month average, a three month average, a whatever it is, the bottom line is that they had to choose something, um, whether it is looking at each country's minimum wage or looking at the cost of living, um, you know, whatever that is, they had to make a decision. So we can look at the different things that they could have sh or should have done. But again, we're going to go into a, cir into a circular discussion of why didn't they do this? Why didn't they do that? This works better for me. That works better for the other people. Yeah, very true. What's, um, speaking of circular discussion, let's just, let's keep doing it. <laughs> uh, power up. What is something else that you've noticed from this program that you feel like could be improved? Yes. So um, another area that I might point out is the actual terms and conditions themselves, which I looked at this yesterday. I don't remember seeing a terms and conditions section yesterday. I don't know if I just missed it or what, mm -hmm. um, but I am looking at it uh, printed off today. So it's there now. If you look at the um, local subscription pricing uh, area, which is I'm not sure why that wasn't attached to the main blog post. You have to click through to find this article that I'm reading, uh, but it is off of Twitch here, and you can see the terms and conditions that apply. Now, these terms and conditions are not terms and conditions to the the the, the subscription adjustment. It's a terms and conditions that apply to the adjustment incentive payments. So the thing that creators are going to get that's going to um, basically boost your revenue, not boost your revenue, but but make sure you don't lose revenue uh, graduated over a period of time. And I saw a question in chat that asked, um, so if somebody subs from one of those countries, you're not fully paid for a sub until a year later via bonuses every three months? No, that's not what's going on here. What's going on here is they are on they're saying if you experience a drop in revenue because of the changes that are in place here in terms of charging less for subs in different parts of the world then for the first three months twitch will cover up to 100 percent of the uh, revenue loss so they're going to take a look at your expected revenue versus your actual revenue and if there's a gap between the two then they're going to boost the creator's pay in order to make sure that you don't lose now one of the other things you have to understand is that you don't qualify for this thing until um i'm sorry you don't qualify for this if you generate more in actual revenue than what your expected revenue was so let's say you were supposed to make $1,000, but instead you made $1,001, uh, then you would not qualify for this particular program. So just keep that in mind. Um, the schedule that Twitch pays creators is exactly the same. This is saying it's it's like a backup. It's, it's like um, it, it, it's not really an insurance policy, but it's just making sure that that um, in case these streamers do face some sort of revenue loss, that it will um, it will make sure that they get some portion of that revenue back. First three months, 100%. Second three months, 75%. Third three months, uh, 50%. And the final three months, 25%. Anyway, um, jumping into the terms and conditions here, I have a couple of different points. And guys, drafting matters, and I'm I'm bothered by the language of this, and maybe it's just because I'm a lawyer and, and I see these things, but if you actually take a look at the terms and conditions here, it says, Twitch determines eligibility for adjustment incentive payments at its sole discretion. An account holder's eligibility for any adjustment incentive period will be determined based on criteria set by Twitch, which may include... So they just spent all this time explaining to us how the system worked. And then they use language that says, which may include, and they give this list of these four different points. And those four different points reference different parts of the articles that we've already talked about. So it, it's So it says like, number one, the dates on which the account holder became a partner or affiliate. The account holders, uh, number two, the account holder subscription revenue history prior to regional subscription pricing. That's the baseline part we're talking about, where they've said, hey, we've defined baseline somewhere else. 
we're, we're just in the terms and conditions saying we have the right to define what baseline is. They didn't even call it baseline. They just said history prior to regional subscription pricing, which I find odd. Number three, that the account holder has broadcast live content on Twitch for a Twitch-determined number of hours or more in a given period. That's that minimum broadcast hours. Um, you have to stream at least five hours to qualify, and you have to stream at least 85% of baseline in order to qualify. Can I address um, that but, quickly? Yes. Okay, in terms of the time streaming, if there's anybody in here who's considering going to another platform, um, they got a uh, got a new job, they don't have time to stream anymore. I'm wondering, like, if over the next 12 months you have this baseline account, I think you take a picture of your pet and you put it up in front of your camera and you stream your minimum hours so you get that money. I'm just True. saying, Twi Twitch, don't hate me. True. <laughs> Everybody, I mean, there was somebody who streamed, I think it was peanut butter or something. So, what, put up, put up, like, we'll do pet streamers for baseline. Hashtag pet streamers Ooh. for baseline. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. Accurate, yeah. Right? Um, so number four on that list of eligibility, that a Twitch determined percentage or more of the account holder's actual subscription revenue in a given period has come from purchases. So that Twitch determined percentage is currently defined as 20, but in the actual terms and conditions, they don't define a term. So what this is telling us is Twitch gets the ability to adjust these numbers based off of whatever they want. But they are also telling us that they can base it off of not even these four factors, but whatever they want. Because remember, what it says was that Twitch determines eligibility based off of these four. Uh, it says uh, it'll be determined at, uh, based on criteria set by Twitch, which may include the four things that I've referenced. Mm -hmm. But it may not include the four things that I referenced. It may be based off of something completely different. This is why I'm saying drafting matters, because... It, does that may say have to include these four points, or does it? Could they base it off of how many hours you streamed your cat? I, it's vague. I don't. I don't yeah. like how this is drafted. Again, um, it's, it's Twitch making their contracts vague so that they can, you know, make adjustments it. and changes as they want. Yes, and, and don't forget. And and actually, that's that segues really nicely into the second, actually, the third portion of the terms and conditions. At, under the general section, I don't know if you, yeah, you've got it up on your screen for those mm -hmm. who are following the uh, the the Twitch channel here. Um, the general section says adjustment incentive payments are offered by Twitch voluntarily and at its sole discretion. Twitch is not obliged to provide or continue to provide adjustment incentive payments in any circumstances, and may determine to cease making adjustment incentive payments at any time and for any reason. So. They can just decide, you know what, this isn't worth it. It's too complicated. We had too many lawyers tell us that this was not working. We had to change it. Or um, there was too much public uh, outrage over the plan. And, and we just don't want to mess with it anymore. Uh, and also, in the second half, it says, Twitch reserves the right to cease making adjustment incentive payments to any or all account holders to modify eligibility requirements to adjust the baseline revenue for one or more periods and or to limit or revoke the account holder's eligibility for adjustment incentive payments for any reason and in its sole discretion, including but not limited to violations of its terms of service, community guidelines, terms of sale, and the DMCA guidelines. Oh, Do you Lord. break a rule? Then we're going to revoke your, uh, your baseline uh, revenue adjustment. So this is similar to what we saw in the Twitch affiliate contract that said that they don't have to pay you your payout um, if you break, you know, terms of service, bits use policy, or of course the Twitch affiliate contract. But the thing is, there was also a waiver in the affiliate contract that said that Twitch doesn't have to hold you accountable for these rules, or they can. Um, so it's kind of all over the place. It means that there's this huge gray area whenever you're a, a streamer where it's not something might be technically against the rules in the terms of service, but because it's such common practice in the streaming community, Twitch doesn't come after people. And there are a lot of things like this, like even people posting their clips on social media within 24 hours after the stream has ended 
technically is against TOS, but because it benefits Twitch, they don't come after people. So I'm curious if like the waiver would apply to this, um, you know, terms and conditions or to this local subscription pricing stuff as well, because it seems like they kind of retain the right to be able to pay or not pay depending on, you know, this huge gray area, just like with any contract. It's literally at Twitch's sole discretion. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that people often say is, oh, is this fair? So power up attorney. I'm not an attorney, but what kind of a contract is a contract that really uh, favors one party? What is that called? (laughs) Well, (laughs) there's a lot of different things that we call that in the industry. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Something we don't sign. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, But but, would it be considered? Go ahead. Uh, well, I mean, there's several different terms. You could say that it's like unjust enrichment or, or any sort of things. Now, um, uh, and I'm sure, Blue, do you, go ahead and say, I know you're thinking of a word, so go well, ahead. Well, I'm thinking I'm thinking unilateral, basically, which, mm-hmm. which favors one side. But here's a question for you. Is it legal? Oh, boy, that's a loaded oh, question. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, so, go ahead. No, no, please. I was going to say, you know, and the thing is that we can, here's the thing, we're signing these contracts, people. So the Mm -hmm. question is, when you're saying, oh, it's not fair, it's not right, what is the only way to determine whether this is truly legal? Well, um, there, yeah, so um, to, the the only way to actually determine whether this is truly legal, one, you need to talk to a lawyer um, and have them determine in your specific, specific circumstances whether they think that it's legal or not legal and um if if there were some sort of precedent that could be set the the step that would need to be taken would be to take these sorts of provisions to court um and or arbitration through and of course if you look at twitch's normal terms of service you will find that there are provisions in there that say that you have to go through arbitration first and that you have to um uh all you can only sue in uh, in the state of California, which is really interesting as well. Um, in in this particular scenario, this sort of language I don't think is is all that uncommon. I have used language before in contracts that I've written that says stuff like um, that we get to determine something in our sole discretion and we get to offer this in our sole discretion. And and, and Blue is right. This is a unilateral contract where it, they're saying, hey, these are our terms. Um, if you if you want to do this thing, then just participate. And if you don't want to do this thing, uh, well, wait. It, I don't. I don't think you can opt out of doing that. Um, it seems like you're in. If you are a an affiliate or a partner, then Twitch has determined that the price of this is going to be lower for certain areas and. And that they are going to control what the adjustment percentage, adjustment incentive payment parameters are going to be, and whether you qualify in its sole discretion, and whether they even offer it or honor the full year timeline at its sole discretion, whether they feel like it or not. And I, I, it, generally speaking, I'm not really here to tell you this isn't legal. Um, what I'm here to tell you is that this is, this is, um, this is not particularly promising. Now, I think Twitch has to deal with a little bit of public, uh, policy here uh, that if they say they're going to do something like this and they want to be protecting their creators, if they don't have some sort of plan in place, or they're just like, you know what? we're just going to cancel this because we had so much outcry and, and um, so we're, we, we don't think the adjustment incentive payment works because we had power up complained too much that there wasn't a, a sliding scale in place. So um, <laughs> yeah. So, but if that happens for whatever reason, I think they're going to deal with a community that's really upset because here they're, they're sort of tipping the scales in favor of the viewer and away from the, from the uh, from the creator if you can imagine a set of scales right now i think it's relatively balanced between the priorities of the streamer and the priorities of the viewer Uh, but when you lower the prices in some areas it will be tipping the scales one way and the big question is 
will will it tip back to the point where it's fair and people can continue to grow their channels and continue to develop increased revenue that isn't going to be affected by this and maybe all of this is academic maybe it's all a moot point because nobody will will qualify for adjustment incentive payments uh, because everybody's revenue is going to go up and maybe twitch is right in saying when they ran their tests that that's how this is going to work but um i seem to think that uh, that a better rollout of creator protection could have been done here to help um make the scales level out a bit more yeah and one of the reasons why i asked power up that question um, almost rhetorically was that this all relates to the amount of power that you have and when you look at this contract and you've just heard like the level of power you have versus you know what twitch is doing here and so with that knowledge of what you control what you don't control um you know, there are three three things you can take out of this particular section. The first one is that in, in my mind, for me personally, my first priority is, is to protect people who are in lower income areas. And then this contract is clearly addressing that with the reduction um, in countries that have what they perceive as a lower cost of a, a lower um, a lower, less ability to pay that American price. Sorry, I didn't say that correctly. But I'm, I feel good about people paying less. Some, you know, getting something great that's that's affordable to them. I feel really good about that. So please, as a content creator, feel really good about that. The second thing is that as this comes up, you know, again, disputing this contract may be something that you know would have to happen in a legal, like in a court of law or something like that. But that's not something that's that's something that you can address on your own if that's the direction you want to go in. But one of the things that most of us can think about is actually what happens on when we talk about our situation on social media. If you go on social media and you say, hey, this is the result. This is my experience with this change. Then that's something that Twitter will have to address. You know that they will. So you can talk about your situation um, openly and easily. So and it's it's so much easier than going to court. And the third thing that I want you to remember is take that control, have the, like, take as much control as you can. This world is not going to give you 100% control. So take as much as you can as a business owner, as a content creator, as somebody who just loves to create and do your, do your job, build your business plan, do your marketing, be part, like really take part in your, you know, get your community involved in this, get ideas from them. This is a great catalyst for you to really get community involvement. How do you feel about this? You know, do you feel better about this price that you're getting? Do you want to upgrade? You know, can I give you more things? So this is a conversation starter for your community if you use it properly. If I, I might that. jump in uh, yeah, real quick, Ashley. Um, the, uh, there's a saying that I often I often use in, in the legal field here, and that's contracts are for when times are bad. Terms of service are for when times are bad. If you're doing well, then you're not going to care because you're going to be over revenue uh, based off your baseline, and none of these terms and conditions are going to apply to you. So um, do it. I know it's easy to say, uh, but but take control of the situation. Twitch is giving you the opportunity to uh, do exactly what we were do- saying before: grow your channel and and make sure that we don't have to get any in- adjustment incentive payments from Twitch. Um, this is for when your uh, your channel doesn't experience the growth that a lot of channels are seeing, especially with Twitch having, what was it, 500,000 new affiliates last year. So there's a lot, and there's a ton of viewers all over the world. Uh, and I think there's a tremendous opportunity uh, because a lot of those viewers will be able to afford a product that they couldn't afford before. So don't let these terms and conditions bring you down. Just excel, elevate, do it exactly what uh, what Blue is saying here. Um, take control so that you don't have to deal with the nasty legal stuff that comes when things aren't fun. That's such a positive note for us to end the show on. I love it. Uh, where can everyone go to find you, Blue? 
Um, you can find me at the Stream Coach Academy uh, because I'm part of the mm -hmm. coaching team there, and I'm most active on my stream, Violent Blue Mech, playing Mech Warrior. Um, and uh, I am on Twitter, but my present is, presence there is low-key, and everything I tweet is positive or moving things in a positive direction. Oh, All under, so everything much. is Violent Blue Mech, Violent Blue Mech at Gmail, Violent Blue Mech on Twitch, Violent Blue Mech on Twitter. Love it. What about you, Power Up? Sure. Um, so you guys can reach me on Twitter. Um, that is Twitter. Uh, my handle is Power Up Attorney. You can also find me on Ashney's Discord, uh, which is a great place to uh, not only hang out with uh, stream coaches and other like-minded streamers, as well as Ashney herself, uh, but you also find me there, and you can uh, talk to a cranky old lawyer about what's going on in the streaming world. Um, and you can also find me on Twitch, same name, Power Up Attorney. I don't really stream very much, especially lately, because I've been involved in a startup project that uh, I can't really talk too much about. But um, when I do stream, I'm either talking about legal issues or I really like cars, so I stream Forza every once in a while. Um, and if I would, if you would humor me and let me just provide a closing thought, if there were like one thing that I would change about this entire process, it would be to allow streamers to create uh, or allow creators to have a an opt-in or maybe an opt-out from this program. Um, and what you could do is, is, hey, if you're a creator and you don't want to participate in this thing, fine. But we're not going to promote you as much as we'll create. We'll promote the people who opt in, and they're going to get um, more love from Twitch in terms of their advertising and promotions and all their algorithmic nonsense that I don't understand how it works. But um, in that sort of situation, you're promoting the, the small streamers who opt in and say, you know what, we support Twitch. We do this thing. It creates agency for the streamer. To be able to say, we accept that Twitch is trying to do the right thing here, and we are given the choice to follow along. I think the vast majority of streamers, if given the choice, wouldn't see any sort of these issues. And honestly, I'm not even sure you would need the adjustment uh, formulas that we've been talking about, the adjustment incentive payments, if we were to allow some sort of opt-in or maybe even an opt-out scenario that would, uh, that would essentially... Uh, let streamers reaffirm themselves. And I think you could structure different communities. You could try to find people who, I think it'd be easier to find like-minded individuals as well uh, if you allow that sort of opt-in and opt-out. But allowing streamers to have the agency to choose to support this, I think would alleviate a lot of these issues. You wouldn't need the adjustment incentive payments. And it. I think you can remove a lot of the legalese behind all of it if we made that change. I love it. Thank you. All right. I hope that episode was super insightful and helpful for y'all. Now you know how this is going to impact your subscribers, which is super important that we always stay up to date with contracts and changes that the platform is making. Don't forget, you can go to streamcoachacademy.com if you would like to learn more and apply for Stream Coach Academy, our six-week bootcamp for streamers. Also, you can get a free workbook and some other freebies on our website, streamcoach.tv. Don't forget to subscribe to the show if you haven't already, and I'll see you all next week. Bye!